0: Check, check, check. Yeah, I think we're ready. Alright. Hey guys, Michael here with weddingvideographyschool.com. Hope you guys are having a great week. I know I am. Uh, I'm looking around at my desk here and it is pretty messy. Which is strange because I don't usually have this much of a mess until midway through the wedding season, but uh, things are already, already picking up around here, so uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a long year. <laughs> uh, today on the show, got my friend and colleague Andrew Neese. Uh He's a uh, local wedding videographer here in Colorado, and uh, he's been around doing this for about as long as I ha- have been. So he's basically an old geezer like me. Uh, so he's going to call in and, uh, and we're going to talk about all things wedding videography. So it's going to be a good show. Um, man, I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people have still been asking me about the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera. Um, and I got to tell you, I am liking it more and more every day. Um, I just put together a big shoulder rig for myself, um, which is my first real experience with uh, building out a rig. Um, and it's awesome. I, I really gotta say, like, uh, this, some of the stuff I'm shooting with this camera is just like, like, blows my mind. And I actually just recently shot a concert for a, uh, a national band, uh, but I'm under a non disclosure agreement. So I really wanna share a bunch of that footage. Uh, with you guys to kind of show you what i shot and how good it looks and all that kind of stuff but i'm kind of not able to do that right now but uh maybe i'll make some test videos and upload some footage so you guys can download it and play with it yourself um yeah so anyway uh today's show andrew nice i'm super excited to have him on and uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy what he has to say. And uh, if so, please uh, don't be afraid to hit him up on Instagram and social media and let him know that you heard him on the podcast and uh, give him a, a big thank you. And with that, let's get into it. Hey, Andy, good to have you on the show, man. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to be here. Really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Glad to, Glad to do this.
0: Yeah, so when did we meet each other? Uh, do you remember the first time that we ever met? Um, I
1: think it was at one of um, Adam Bradley's meetups. Oh, uh, Like, yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wild Wings or something like that, way up north of Denver. And you and I ended up at the far end of the table, away from everybody. <laughs>
0: so. That's right. I, I do remember now. Yeah, we... Uh, w- we, it was a big, long table, and there were a lot of videographers there, and you and I and were there just... Were
1: like, 18 people there, and we were at, like, far end, away from Adam, who was the head of the table, and, Mike was the center of the conversation. We were just kind of, like, on the other end of the room.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, so we ended up talking yeah. quite a bit, and um, I, I remember you first introduced me to the concept of, like, professional live streaming and all that kind of stuff, in addition to uh, what you were doing with the wedding stuff.
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of my one of my areas of ultimate nerdiness is I just love live streaming and all of the tech behind it. <laughs>
0: Which is uh, something uh, you know, it's it's uh, I think it's one of those side businesses that goes really well that pairs really well with wedding videography. Um, so if you live in a, I think if you live in a place like Colorado where you know we have seasons. Um, uh, wedding videography is seasonal out here so if you have something else that you can be doing uh, that you can alternate um, to during that that time off then it's that's always a good thing I think
1: yeah it's great and it, you know i even do it for one or two weddings a year um but it, you know I, I love live streaming but I always tell people I love it but I don't think I would wish it on my worst enemy so <laughs> <'Cause> it's <laughs> So many things that have gone wrong, and at this point, I think I've experienced almost everything that could conceivably go wrong with a live video feed, um, and I know how to fix most of them, but man, it is, it's a headache, but it's a headache I happen to really
0: love. <laughs> so. Well, well, awesome, man. Well, today we're going to be talking all about wedding stuff, um, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, your business, uh, what's it called, all that kind of stuff, but uh, mostly you know, tell us... Tell us how you got started.
1: So my, my business very creatively is my name plus video, Andrew and video. Um, Cause you know, I never came up with some awesome, fancy name like a lot of people have, but I, I, I kind of fell into weddings sideways. I'd shot a few of them just for friends. You know, it wasn't anything wonderful. It was better than what uncle Bob would have done. Um, it wasn't anything amazing, uh, but maybe I think eight years ago, seven or eight years ago now, uh, I was working doing video freelance video stuff in Denver, and a friend of mine, Michael Sasser, called me up because his assistant that he had scheduled had canceled on him with like less than twenty four hours notice. <laughs> he was just kind of scrambling to find someone to fill in, and I was like yeah I can do that sure I can shoot a wedding and I I fell in love with it after that first wedding um just I love the manic craziness of the day how fast paced it is and and yeah I I didn't ever want to do weddings I think it was something that I wanted to do but once I did one alongside someone who really knew their craft I totally fell in love with it and I spent two years shooting as his assistant and working as pretty much everyone else in Colorado's as assistant and, uh, took on my first weddings of my own in 2014.
0: Nice. Did you, did you, now before this, did, or when you were kind of, you know, uh, when you met Michael Sasser and you were doing that stuff for him, what, did you, uh, <clears throat> what were, did you have like another job at the time?
1: Um, I I was working as the in-house video guy for a marketing firm, um, and which eventually ended up closing their doors right around the time that things started really taking off for me wedding-wise. So I kind of had a really smooth transition from having a full-time video job to doing weddings full-time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um... Well, uh, yeah, that, that's that's really cool. I, I feel like everybody just kind of falls into this. Like, I tell people all the time if you'd asked me, you know, well, man, I keep having to up the number because I've been doing this for so long. But if you'd asked me <laughs> no. like 12 years ago, hey, you think you'll be a wedding videographer? I would have been like, no. Uh, that doesn't sound like something I would be doing. Um, no, you know,
1: and I went to films, well, films go out to DU and did their underfunded film program. Um <laughs> and uh, University of Denver that is. Um and I you know I I thought I when I went into college I thought I wanted to like move to LA and be a director and all of those film school dreams that every high school kid who's into video has. And uh, then I ended up realizing that what I loved was the technical half of stuff. And then I further realized that what I loved about love doing it wasn't even narrative i love documentary work and that's what i really wanted to go into and so it turns out wedding shooting weddings is kind of a dream job because what i actually feel like i get to do is shoot 20 miniature documentaries a year yeah
0: so absolutely just, yeah i it's think really i
1: in line with what i realized my passion was
0: yeah I, I feel the same way about the documentary stuff and as i get older i'm like like, I don't know. I just, there's something I, you know, I first wanted to do it cause I was like, I want to shoot music videos. Right. And like, I was like, well, weddings, you know, it's not a, quite a music video, but you can put music in the video. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of my gateway to it. But yeah, man, as I get older and I'm like becoming way less, um, Uh, cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm like, "Ah, I don't even know who like all these like young rappers and stuff are anymore. So I don't know. The music video stuff might be kind of drifting away from me. But the documentary side of things is still very much a part of of what I like to do. And I came out of TV news. So uh, I kind of always had this in the back of the, your my, my mind I was like oh I'm not really supposed to like alter stuff too much or like fake too much stuff so um, that kind of transitioned over into the, the wedding stuff for me too but um, so when you decided to start your business man like did you just have enough weddings to go out and do that and or did that feel like a leap you know I, at some point you had to quit your other job I take it
1: so I kind of got pushed, um, because like I said, the company I was working for closed up shop entirely. Um, and I was able to carry enough like corporate type clients from them. Cause they let me keep all of their video clients when they decided they didn't want to you know, continue operation that I had enough side stuff to keep me going. But beyond that, I just kinda, I got really, really lucky. Um, my first wedding I took on by my, like, as my own entity, not as anyone's assistant. I was originally just hired to do just events for, just catch the ceremony and toast. Um, I got the vendor list and started looking up whoever your one was. The planner was Kaluna Events, who were just fantastic. Photographer was just wonderful and the florist and it seemed like it was really high tier stuff because the bride herself was a wedding vendor and was basically calling in every favor she had built up over the years for her own wedding. Um, And it all looked like it was going to be amazing. So I decided to, you know, sink an extra investment of time and money in and rented a bunch of gear that I didn't have at that point that I thought I needed to do a good job on a full like highlight video and I just decided to go way above and beyond what I was actually hired for, because it seemed like such a good opportunity to create a demo piece. Um, and I brought my wife to second shoot for me, because I was getting paid like 600 bucks and uh, didn't have the money to hire a second shooter. And there was just an incredible amount of beginner's luck in that video, because in a lot of ways it's still one of my be- I feel it's still one of my best videos I ever shot and it was the first one. And then beyond that, I got even luckier because the photographer a fantastic, fantastic photographer named Laura Murray, uh, got the wedding into Martha Stewart to be featured in Martha Stewart weddings, both the magazine and online. <laughs> and so my first wedding video I ever shot was featured on Martha Stewart weddings, and I got actually a huge burst of interest and inquiries from that. It wasn't anything I did or did intentionally, but I stumbled into some really good luck on my first wedding because I chose to, you know, take that lead and put
0: the extra time and money into it, and the business sort of took off from there. Yeah, man. I there's a couple things you just said that I that struck me. Um, one is you said you know this wedding that you did you you went the extra mile and i think so many people in pretty much every industry are always trying to just do what they get paid to do right like oh they didn't you know they didn't book me for this many hours so i'm going to take off when you know this the second the, the the clock strikes you know <laughs> 10 p.m or whatever i'm gone um And they don't put in necessarily, like, the time that they would actually need in order to make a good product. Um, And it sounds like that's, you know, you recognize it as an opportunity to do your very best, and that's what you did. Um, You know, I know for myself, like, one of the reasons I'm always booked is because I always go the extra mile. Um, it doesn't really matter what my clients pay me. Like I'm always going to do my absolute best. And if it means I stay at the wedding for an extra two hours that I'm not getting paid for, then that's fine because those two hours are going to,
1: that's reflected in my pricing because I don't have tiered packaging. I have a wedding package.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: And I don't have a set hour limit on it. And You know, most weddings still come in at probably 8 to 10 hours, but I have the occasional ones that are 12 or the occasional ones that are 6, and, you know, the center of the bell curve is probably, like, between 10 and 11 hours, and, yeah, those are some long days, but it also means that I have everything I need to tell the best possible story, and, you know, yeah, like like you said, it can be, it can mean (laughs) longer than you necessarily want to, but that that's, But I feel like being there all day to capture everything is important to to doing the best work I can.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the other thing you said, man, you said uh, um, you got a little lucky because that wedding ended up being featured in Martha Stewart Weddings. Um, But, you know, know, you've heard the saying, like, you make your own luck. I really think that luck is just – there's a great saying that I can't remember. I guess it doesn't really matter, but – Really, you know, if if you just if you're just gonna sit on the couch, you're not gonna ever get lucky. Like if you're just waiting for somebody to call you up to go do something, it's never gonna happen. You're never gonna get lucky sitting on the couch. But if you get out there and you just start doing stuff, like just start doing, you will find opportunities that other people might call luck, um, and you can take advantage of those opportunities. And you you went out there, uh, had no idea that it was gonna be featured in Martha Stewart weddings. This kind of stuff has happened to me like a million times, where I I would took a job and I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this job, and then it turned out that something really good came out of it. Um, and you just you just never know unless you try. You just never know unless you go out and do right. No,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so let's talk about the clients that you kind of like to work with. Uh, do you have ideal clients? I know. I feel like everybody I, just says, "I want luxury clients," or like, "I want the see, people I who don't have crazy budgets." Want
1: luxury clients. Yeah. I and I know that caps my price that I can charge, and I, I kind of have started. There's there's an interesting sweet spot that I've hit, and I'm right around like I'm right around thirty five hundred dollars for my pricing. Um, and that's kind of an interesting sweet spot that I've hit because. It's, it's, a, it's an amount that is expensive for most people but it's within the budget stretch for something, for a wedding that's already costing someone thirty forty thousand dollars 40000 whatever that is you know, it's within that stretch budget for most people um, but it, it kind of, it does mean that I don't get a lot of those really high-end weddings but a lot of those really high-end luxury weddings that I have shot have ended up being the biggest headaches. <laughs> um, and somewhere in that $3,000 to $3,500 range, I kind of hit a really great split between plant weddings with planners and weddings that are, you know, higher-end DIY weddings. And it leads to a ton of variety, a ton of fantastic couples and the other interesting thing that's faded away as I've reached that sort of a price point is back when I was charging, you know, twenty five hundred, twenty three hundred, a couple of year, a few years back, I got haggled a lot, and people would say, you know, oh, you're charging twenty three fifty, our budget was nineteen hundred, and I used to get haggled a ton, and people and people would come at me and try and get bring my pricing down further. Because um, it was kind of the lower end, the lower end clients. But as my pricing has gone up, i kind of I've kind of hit a sweet spot where I don't get haggled on my pricing. I get a great mix of DIY and planner weddings, and I don't really have all of the super high end luxury weddings, which I've found generally tend to be, you know, there's there, there's more pressure on it. If you're getting, if you're charging five thousand dollars for a wedding video. That wedding video has to be $5,000 worth of wedding video. I don't know. I'm really happy with the
0: clientele that I'm bringing in at the price point that I'm at. Yeah, I I totally get the pressure thing, man. I I would say I've had some really good high-end clients, um, but they also, you know what's crazy? Like I feel like with the high-end weddings that I've had, there's always a lot of, like stress with it but it's almost always kind of unrelated to the clients i did a wedding last year that i think was one of my highest paid weddings that i've ever done and it was up in uh, beaver creek it was at bino's cabin and you you know bino's cabin is way up there and like yeah. kind of a pain to get to and you know i had to go through all this stuff in order to get them to let me fly my drone up there and the couple was like this kind of couple who didn't, wasn't even interested in talking to me. Um, the planner from like out of state booked me and like, I felt like it, the it wasn't the couple that ended up being an issue and everything actually turned out really well, but like just the whole process, like leading up to the wedding, I felt was, um, was kind of stressful. Um, so it wasn't even, for me, it's not even the clients. It's just like, for some reason, yeah. you know, those huge weddings. I
1: feel like that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. those huge weddings tend to have, and I had one of those same ones. It was also up in Vail. Um, and we were, we were booked three days before the wedding, super last minute. Um, and it was probably the most expensive wedding I've ever shot. It was definitely a six figure wedding. Um, huge wedding party, huge number of guests attending, and I have never run into a... The groom was almost blindsided by my being there, because I never had a chance to really even talk with the couple, because I was booked three days beforehand. (laughs) And and I was was, was booked by a third party for it, and uh, I've never run into a groom who wanted me there less. And I feel like I've run into that with a few of my with a number of my higher end weddings where either there was I had one where the where the groom's parents were really annoyed that there was a videographer. Um and yeah, I had that one where the groom was really annoyed that I was there. And you know, that, that's not a great feeling to be, you know, I, I, it takes me like a week and a half to edit the wedding plus the shooting time and It's not a great feeling to spend that much time on a wedding that the day of you felt like you weren't even welcome, even though they were paying you to be there. It's kind of a weird feeling. And the the times I've run into it have mostly been on the higher end of the, you know, higher end wedding side of things. That doesn't say I haven't had some amazing couples from higher end weddings, also. And there's a couple of planners in particular who are higher end planners who, whenever they send me, a couple, they're just amazing, and the day is amazing, and I think the planners influence that because I think you know certain planners act as you know that first phase of vetting out some of those kind of headache headache clients. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really love the the couple am getting at the price point, and that, and I have no desire to go to be the ultra-luxury brand wedding videographer. That just doesn't appeal to
0: me. Yeah, I I feel you, man. I feel like I'm right there with you. I think think we're just kind of going after the same kind of clients. Like, middle-of-the-road clients, the people
1: who... (laughs) Straight up, I feel like stylistically you're one of the people who's most similar to me. Uh, Pricing-wise, you're kind of one of you're, you're, you're kind of my main direct competition, which is hilarious to me. And I love it because it means that if I'm booked, I can refer people to you, even though you're usually booked up way before I am. Um, but if I'm booked, I can kick people to you and know they'll get a product that I think will be awesome. And every couple you've ever sent me has been awesome. So
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I have this thing where, like, I if I can't shoot somebody's wedding, like, I always feel a little bad. Um, not because but there's not know, other, not. Yeah, not because there's not other great people out there that can do it, but because I'm like, I don't like to tell people no. So yeah, I always have a list just ready to go of of people that I recommend, um, and I think that's a great thing to be able to say, you know, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I'm booked that day, but here's here's a list of the people that I I trust and who I think um, do good work, and, and the it's client kind or of the
1: weird dynamic because. We're simultaneously like like the wedding video video community, uh, the meetups that get put together and things like that. We're simultaneously all of the closest thing we all have to coworkers, but also the, the direct competition. So it is kind of a weird dynamic. And when you find that list of people you really trust and you know will do awesome work, it's it, it's a big piece of mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and, and the clients like it too, or the potential clients, um, you know, they didn't walk away from that email exchange with nothing. If you give them a list of people, um, who are some people that you would admire, um, like in terms of like, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's a handful of people that I, whose films I really like. Um, I've talked about steelhead cinema. I've talked about, um, a little long distance and some other people, is, is there anybody out there whose work you really like and kind of um is there i don't know like i feel like at this stage like we've been doing this for so long that i i'll go through periods of time where i'm not really looking at anybody else's work um, i'm just kind of doing my own thing for a while and then i'll get like kind of bored with what i'm doing and i'll kind of look out and see hey maybe i should see what other people are doing and see if Maybe I, there's something I can do to kind of change up what I'm doing. Is there anybody for you that you kind of look to for that?
1: I mean, it's, it's kind of... I spend a lot of time on Vimeo just sort of like browsing through because whenever you watch a wedding video on Vimeo, it will give you eight different recommendations. And I, I like to watch... I, I don't have any really that many specific videographers I come back to over and over. I I watch tons of videos from as many different people as possible. If I had to pin down one, though, Tim Twinum from Valera Imaginarium, his stuff is just unbelievable. And it has been from the very start. And I know he's kind of the big dog in Colorado in a lot of ways. But uh, just... He is the video, like, Valer is the one company that, for me, takes the exact bullseye on the balance between feeling like they're actually telling a story about the day and versus them just sort of making a music video starring the couple. And I don't want to trash anyone or knock anyone, but the, I, I'm not a huge fan of wedding videos that feel more like they're just a video about the couple and not a video about. The The wedding is on. A lot of wedding videos I see, the video is almost. The wedding is almost incidental to being a video about the couple. Right. And that's not really how. I, you know, that's not really how I envision what wedding videos should be uh, and I, I feel like Valair hits the bullseye between being stunningly gorgeous visually and cinematic and uh, with also actually feeling like the video is about the wedding and the videos draw you into the events of the day and yeah they're kind of my high ideal that I wish I could strive for. Um, but more than that, I just I feel like the most useful thing for me when I want to branch out and try new things is actually second shooting. Um, I try and every summer shoot second shoot with a couple of people I haven't before. Because no matter how I feel Coming away from the day of the second shooting, sometimes it's an unbelievably pleasant experience, sometimes less so. But every time I second shoot for someone, I come away with ideas and you know, in things that I, that they did right or wrong that can help shape my videos moving forward. And so. Even more so than watching, going out and working alongside other videographers is one of the most amazing things that I do for myself in terms of the growth of my
0: art. Yeah, man. Second shooting, it's like, it's kind of weird. Second shooting is almost like free, it's like experiences, or like experience with no consequences. Um, Well, (laughs) I mean, with limited consequences because it's not your couple, right? So you can go out and get a bunch of experience without. Um, you, at the end of the day, you don't take the fall for anything that goes wrong. Not saying you should go out and screw up other people's weddings, but uh, it is uh, well, it's definitely a free experience.
1: The other thing that I really have going for me is that I'm half of a husband and wife team. Um, and honestly, my wife is so much more creative than me. I'm a I'm a tech head. I'm a gear head. Um, I don't, you know, I I'm not the most creative shooter overall but by luck or providence or just you know how how things came together my wife is the exact is the perfect balance for that because she's hyper creative and much more experimental than me and so she'll watch a ton of films of wedding videos she watches even more wedding videos than I do (laughs) even though it's my name that's on the company, she probably, she puts every bit as much time and effort into it as I do. And she'll, you know, before each wedding be like, hey, I wanna try and focus on this today. Can we try and do this? Can we try this? I saw this shot that I loved. Can we try and work that in, or this couple pose? And so I kind of have two brains working on that problem of, you know, keeping, keeping the wedding videos fresh so it's not just me and that also is really helpful for me. And obviously that's not something everyone can everyone can duplicate. But even back when I was primarily second shooting second shooting double digit weddings a year for Michael Sasser who got me into a wedding video, you know, he and I built up a similar rapport so if you can find assistants who you can work with a bunch of different times, you can help each other grow also and beyond you know, second shooting or just watching other people's videos. Other Having, you know, having assistants who can also help push you has been huge. Having an assistant who can help push me has been huge for
0: me. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And you and I actually just saw each other the other night at a meetup um, of a bunch of wedding videographers. And um, it's like I, I might make it out to like one of those a year, but I really should be going to more because – um, it's always, yeah. it's like really good to see what other people are doing and really get a sense. I felt like I walked away from it feeling like I really got a sense of like kind of what's going on out here in Colorado with wedding videographers. Um, when well, you kind and of.
1: That, it, there's, there's value in those meetups and sharing the thought process because it's one thing to watch a video and guess on why or how they did X, Y, or Z. But when you can actually watch it and then ask the person who did it, how they did something, it's really, that's super helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, I, I feel, uh, I felt like I got a little, a little more insight into what's going on and you kind of lose touch with that during the season when you're super busy and you're just editing and you're just home all the time, editing and editing and editing. And then before you know it, a year has gone by and you're looking around and you're like, I, what is what, like, what is, who is even out there shooting wedding videos? Right. Like at some point you just kind of lose track of all that stuff. So it's good to kind of, um, to, to almost get like recentered and and uh, and see what everybody else is doing too, and and see uh, you know for me it was like oh maybe I could adapt some of the things that other people are doing to what I'm doing, and you know maybe like freshen up what I'm doing a little bit. Um, um, so, so yeah, man, I, I I'm a big fan, even though I don't I, I don't participate as much as I should. Uh, I do I I'm a big believer that um, you know working. Meeting with, with other videographers and hanging out and developing those relationships is uh, is is it's a great thing. I I I think it's helpful. Um, yeah, it really is. Well, cool. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about like your workflow and stuff. Um, what what's you know how long does it take you? Not not what do you tell the client? You know how long it's going to take you, but how long does it actually take you to shoot and edit a full project? Um, what are your, you know, what, what are you using to do that? Like anything, anything that you think we should know about, um, uh, your workflow.
1: So like I said earlier, day off is, you know, 10 ish hours or so, or 10 to 12 hours somewhere in there. Um, but uh, the post workflow is kind of something that has changed a ton for my wife and me in the last year. Um, because I, I set up a new server that allows us to access a centralized location for all of the wedding, folder, wedding files, so we can be on two separate computers at, at once because my wife also helps with the editing. Um, we, you know, we're oftentimes working on two weddings. Like this past season, we hit a rhythm of working on two weddings simultaneously because I, I, I married someone who happens to actually love footage logging and <laughs> spending <laughs> hours combing through all of the footage for the best moments, which is just a jackpot in and of itself because that's
0: yeah. <laughs> such
1: a time-consuming part of the process. And so how we do things right now is she she calls it harvesting because she didn't come from a video background but no, that knows it as you know, footage logging, um, but she harvests, as she calls it, all of the uh, the best moments from the day and sequences them roughly in, in a super rough order of how they might go in the final video. And I, then she passes it off to me and I edit the events and comb through and find all of the best, figure out what audio we want to use, figure out what music we want to go with that, and then... You know, put the uh, I. I always start every edit with what the audio is that I'm going to use because I feel like the, the 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 audio from the day, from the ceremony or notes or vows or toasts, that's where the majority of the actual emotion comes from. Um, instead of just the video, I feel like the audio is what actually is the driving force behind the emotion of a video. So. Once, we get that, once I get the audio in place, then I take the, you know, the, the logged, harvested footage that my wife has set up for me, and I time it out to the music, cause I'm a big stickler about having, you know, the video sync well with the music, and have edits on the driving beats, and, uh... <laughs> And I do all of the timing and then I do all of the color correction, stabilization, all that kind of post stuff and wrap up all of the events because we shoot events with like five cameras and so that editing those takes a decent chunk of time sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, while, while she's doing her half, doing all the during doing all of the footage logging and harvesting, I'm editing the second half of the wedding before that. So, And then she moves on to the next one. Once she passes the wedding off to me. So we're able to actually chew through them a lot more quickly now than we were a year ago before we had that as a setup and that as a methodology.
0: Nice man. Yeah. I'm all about like efficiency and it's, it's like my favorite, my favorite thing to try to dial in is like, how fast can I get these done? Um, Cause yeah, I don't, I don't want my clients to wait a long time. And also I don't want to, I don't know. I want to be at my desk a little bit less, you know? So <laughs> not, not that I don't like what I do. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to be stuck there if I don't have to be like, uh, you know, after you, after you do almost 200 weddings, it's like, uh, I, it, I could, I it, could spend a little less time that. doing it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you ever thought about outsourcing
0: editing at all? You know, I have looked into it and there's a couple places online, um, that I've emailed and gotten quotes from. And, you know, I, I love the idea of it. Um, but the thing is, is I also edit this, the full ceremony and I provide all the raw to the couple as well. Um, or a good I, a good chunk of what I shoot, I also provide to the couple in a chronological order. So, um, by the time you know, like uh, one of those companies does all of that, like you know, they're they're going to be taking close to half of what I'm making, um, and it's it's just yeah, not it's just well, not worth it to me. Um, and,
1: and the other thing I've been concerned with is, and, and I've wondered about this with regards to some of the you know, some of the companies that have six or seven people on staff on their website, um, you know, or, or even with agencies that hire people out, is a lot of the customers that, like, a lot of the couples that hire me like specific things that they saw in my videos, and I feel like I'm half of the product they're buying, and I feel like outsourcing, I worry that outsourcing the editing would be giving up a little bit of control and, and risks compromising the things that people liked in my videos enough to hire me in the first place.
0: It, it does. I, I mean, still for me, it's really comes down to the, it's not super cost effective. I, I think it's cost effective if you can charge what we're charging and just deliver a highlight. Yeah. Um, but if you're delivering all this other stuff too, that's when it gets tricky. And, um, so I think there is a model for that to work right where like you go out and you say hey I'm a company and here's what we do we only do highlight videos and then you just have that stuff outsourced and either you can outsource it from the very beginning so that your videos all kind of look the same from the very beginning or you know you just go with one of these um, you know there's like a company called weditor that I think th- they do well I shouldn't say they do good work. I think they do good work based on their website, um, and I think you can actually get them to um, give you kind of the same editor every time. Uh, that way, there's a lot more consistency. So I think there, I I think there is room in the market for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like so many of my couples, you know, they hire me because they want the full ceremony and they want um, all the toasts and they want. They just want everything, you know, and once you start outsourcing that work to somebody else, um, you're losing a big chunk of, of what you're able to make. Um, and, and for me, you know, I got a family and stuff. This is like my main business. Like, uh, I, I really am in a lot of ways all about the money. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, losing all that money to, to something I could just knock out myself um, within a few days, like, what I don't know, it, it doesn't seem worth it to me, but yeah, that's pretty much where
1: I'm at. I was just kind of curious because, again, you deliver a really similar product to what I do, and I, I, I've been hesitant to do it. I've, I've looked into it also and I've been hesitant. I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were on it.
0: Yeah, I think it, I listen, I definitely see there's something there. I definitely think there is a way to do it, and maybe I just haven't figured out what that is—a way to make that work. Um, I think that's a little bit easier for for photographers. Um, there's there's that's companies, true, yeah. Yeah, they, there's companies that do that same thing for photographers, and I'm like, oh man, like with photography, you could just go out, you shoot the weddings, um, and then you're just like. I feel like they don't charge as much for the photography, um, to, to do that editing. Um, and, and the photographers are still charging video prices sometimes more. So I think there's a little bit more opportunity for photographers to do that right now. Um, but we'll see, we'll we'll see what happens, man. I mean, these companies are going to keep popping up and they're going to have to compete against each other. And, uh, you know, that, that might mean lower prices in the future. Um, and my, you know, it wasn't crazy. Like if I didn't have the other stuff that I would have to add on to edit, like I could actually, I could actually see myself doing it. Um, so we'll see, I, I'm not ruling it out, but as of right now, I'm, I'm still doing, I'm still doing my own editing. Nice. Yeah.
1: Same here. Just, like I said, I was curious what your thought, what your take was on it
0: yeah yeah absolutely um, so where where are you now in terms of your career and kind of where do you see yourself do you have like a five year plan or like are you just living in the moment or, or what can you tell me about you know um, what what you're doing now and what you hope to be doing you know as the years go on so that's, uh,
1: isn't that one of the grand questions um, I so I actually, I was, like many things, I was kind of blindsided by having my wedding business actually take off in the way it has. I I said earlier that I got laid off from a marketing firm um, that I'd been working full-time at. And when that happened, I kind of had my, ah, crap, what do I do now moment. And I actually went back to school and I got my MBA and I'm most of the way towards a second master's in marketing data analytics Um, (laughs) and I'm super passionate about that side of things and I've you know I've kind of had the war inside myself of do I keep shooting weddings which I love I I didn't really I, I figured I could be in school, shoot a dozen weddings a summer or something like that and have it be good income while I was a student, you know, better than working some sort of a retail job, something like that. But by the time I came out of grad school, my business had taken off to a degree that wasn't part of my original plan. (laughs) Um, And so I'm kind of in, in an odd place of, you know, do I want to keep pursuing weddings as a full time thing, or do I want to do that career switch that I kind of set in motion six years, five or six years ago? Um, and the honest truth is, I don't know. The current dream would be able to be to keep shooting, you know, six to ten weddings a year um, while also transition into that into the marketing field because at this point it would be hard to give up because I love shooting weddings and I don't think I would be able to easily give it up entirely and I don't know if I'll reach the point where it becomes you know hobby income or if I am going to go full speed ahead with it and keep doing as many a year as I've been doing so it's kind of a kind of a weird place but I I love shooting weddings and I'm not sure if I want to give it up or not so Kind of a weird answer to your question, but that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I struggle with that all the time. Like, you know, as I get older, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't feel the same as I did when I was 23. You know, 24 when I started. Like, I I'm like, "Uh, so how am I going to feel in another 10 years? Probably not any better. So,
1: I think it is kind of a young man's game, which is it's so hard to say because. Wedding video, weddings, wedding video versus wedding filmmaking as like an art form has changed so much, basically since the release of the five D two, and you know the democratization of deaths of steel and twenty four frame per second cinematic shooting, and it, it's. There is there's not enough people who have been doing it long enough in the modern era of being able to actually be creative and not the you know 1990s stereotype of shaky cam quarter wedding footage that pe- that pr- wedding professionals used to deliver. It I, I feel like you were at right at the front end of that based on you know when you got started and you're kind. <laughs> you're in your what, earlier mid-30s and you're one of the people who's one of the old dogs in this. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, I, I do feel like it's something of a young man's game, but it also hasn't existed in its current form long enough to say that definitively. But, you know, you don't really see wedding video people who are older than maybe 40. There's a few of them out there, but they mostly have the people who are you know run around with a sony cam a big sony camcorder a lot of them have kind of exited the market because they couldn't adapt to the more modern styles of wedding shooting and no one who came in in the DSLR era has been in it long enough to really say what the full burnout point is but i don't think i can see myself at 60 years old still having the passion i do now at 30 you know? Yeah, I absolutely. I feel not. a little bit like I need to prepare career trajectory-wise for a time when I, when I don't want to do this anymore. Because I mean, I, we've probably both run into photographers like this before. But I shot a wedding last year, and the photographers I hadn't worked with them before haven't worked with them since. When I got there, they didn't show up for the prep in the morning because they were rigid about their package and they were going to be there for eight minutes, eight hours to the minute and not a second before or after. And the couple didn't book them for any of the prep stuff. So they showed up at the ceremony. Um, and I was asking them questions about where they were going to be during the, ser- like during the procession uh, so we wouldn't be in there, be in each other's way. And... It was a husband-wife pair, and from each of them, within 10 minutes of of each other, I got a response of basically, I don't care, I've been doing this so long that I'll I'll work around whatever, I don't care. And I don't ever want to shoot weddings, that degree of checked out. It's such a disservice to the couple to... Be that checked out and shooting weddings. <laughs> like, they're emotional things. They're emotional events, and if you can't bring even the slightest bit of passion into it, I feel like it's time to hang it up. And I want to prepare because, even though I don't know that I'm the type of person who will get that burned out, I want to be able to transition out if I ever reach a point where my being there would be a disservice to a couple.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's funny, man. I. I don't think I could ever be that burned out personally. Um, you know, I. I, I think
1: life has to have beat you down in other ways to reach that point. But like, it was just it was almost insulting to be there giving it our all, and these photographers who I know for a fact were charging more significantly more than we were, showed up, didn't even get any of the prep photos for the day, and showed up to the ceremony not able to even give enough of a shit to say oh one of us will be standing shooting down the aisle
0: the other will be at the back you know <laughs> yeah man uh yeah that's that i have run into those people and it's it's uh yeah i do feel the same where i'm like on one hand i'm like man i wish i could be as carefree as you while i'm shooting a wedding uh but on the other hand yeah you, you don't want to be that person that just has lost lost all your, your drive. Um, thankfully I'm not that kind of person. I, I don't think that could ever happen to me just cause everything I do, it, it, dude, our, our fence got like a little blown down in the backyard yesterday. Um, I mean, it's still, it's, the, the thing is, it's like, it's still standing up, up. We had like a little blizzard here and it's still standing upright. So like people, most people would walk by that fence and think it's fine. But when I like press on it, it kind of like leans over a little bit and I'm like, we got to get this fixed. Like we got to get this fixed now. Like I can't even stand it. So I'm just not the kind of person I I don't think who could just be carefree and cavalier about. about Yeah. 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 There's just no way I could be that person. Um, but I know what you mean, man. And, uh, it doesn't feel like a career that people can be in. Uh, you know, I don't think you want to be doing it when you're 50, but I do think there's plenty oh. of opportunities for people to, to transition out of this career. Um, I, I don't necessarily see myself ever not doing video stuff. Like, I think at this point, you know, I've been doing video stuff pretty much since the age of 18. I'm going on you know, 30, well, actually I just turned 33. So I've been doing this quite a while. I I think this is just kind of baked into what I do and, you know, maybe I'll do some consulting or, um, you know, get into, uh, some video production or marketing or something like that down the line. But I think, uh, yeah, I think I've learned so much from, from being in this business that it, it's, just, it's only going to help me in the future. So, um, So even though you know it is one of these kinds of jobs where uh, it's and it's also kind of physical. Like I don't think people really think of this as being a physical job, but when when you're standing up for ten hours in dress shoes on a Saturday, like you kind of realize, like, oh, (laughs) running around
1: with a gimbal or a heavy monopod, like yeah, yeah, and beats you up, and
0: and can I do that when I'm fifty?
1: doing a triple header, you know, and.
0: Right, which I accidentally yeah. booked three in a row this year. I'm so mad at myself. Ugh. I the, the calendar must have just like sh- shown up really weird and I must have just not seen that other wedding, but yeah, now I got three, so I'm like three in a row. Um so I'm I'm pissed at myself about that, but uh yeah, so I'm not going to do that when I'm 50. Um but oh, for right man. now, for right now is all, all is good. Man, I got so many things I want to ask you, but I I try to keep these things to a reasonable amount of time. So uh, maybe we can have you back on a future episode and and talk some more about uh, about all things wedding videography. Uh, I I love that, and I'm yeah super long winded about things. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good. Well, uh, we got like eighty episodes worth of content just from uh, from from you, I guess, because <laughs> we're both we're both rambling. We're rambling, men. we got to ramble. Yeah, and it, 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 when it's something
1: that you care about talking about, you can talk about
0: it forever. So, Well, it was really good having you on, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And tell us where uh, people can reach out to you or find you if you're on social media and uh, wh- whatever. What What's the best way for people to kind of see what you're up to and, and get in touch with you?
1: Um, my website is andrewneese.com. dot last name is N, as in Nancy E A S E. Our Instagram is Andrew at Video. I'm lazy, so I'm not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. I'm I'm on Wedding Wire. Is one of the you know is one of the places that a lot of brides find me, but. Really, my website has all of my most recent stuff, and the front
0: page is where the stuff is that I'm most proud of. And- awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's perfect. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Andrew Neese. Nice. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, found it useful in some way. Hey, if you guys have questions, don't forget to hit me up. Michael at wedding You can also find wedding on Instagram just under wedding videography school. No dot com necessary. Until next time, guys, later.